Welcome to Musing the Mysteries, a podcast by Barney Wiggett. What you'll find here are some recent musings about the God of the Bible and living in such a way as to bring him pleasure. Happy musing. Psalm 84, but I'd like you to put your finger there when you get there and then turn over to Psalm 120. Psalm 84, Psalm 120. Do you see what's at the top in terms of a a title at the top of Psalm 120 in your Bible there? What does it say? A song of ascents? Turn to 121. What does that say? Psalm of ascents? 22? All the way through 134, Song of Ascents. You know what these are, right? These are poems for pilgrims. These are the, these are the songs that were compiled to uh, sing on the way to Jerusalem every year. The, every Jewish man was ordered by God to come to make a pilgrimage, to come to Jerusalem, uh, to... Uh, worship him there during the seven feast days that were uh, prescribed in the Old Testament in the books of uh, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy. And so uh, somebody put these psalms in this particular grouping for those to be the kind of the 15 uh, steps to Jerusalem, up to Jerusalem, pilgrim poems, songs for the road. You know, on the road again. I'm on the road again. Uh, we're going someplace. We're going to Jerusalem. Uh, I remember one of my trips to Israel uh, in the, on the bus on the trip up. It's always up to Jerusalem. When you see it in the Bible, it's always up. Uh, it's not necessarily north, but it's whether you're even coming from the north, it's up because it's, it, there's an elevation, uh, 2,500 feet or so. Uh, but it's also up because that's where you're going to, you know, meet with God. It's always an ascent. It, we're, we're, we're pilgrims on our, on our way. And I remember on the bus, we were sang the old hymn, We're marching to Zion. You, have you heard this one? Beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. And they, that, psalm, that song wasn't written until later, but these psalms were written, and so they were singing these songs on the road to go up. In fact, turn to, uh, I want you to see First Peter uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 11. It says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and what? Pilgrims. Let's all say pilgrims. Pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lusts that's war against the soul. We're all pilgrims. And these psalms... Uh, 120 to 134, are for pilgrims. Pilgrims, are they're on their way someplace. Christians are on their way someplace. If you've, you, you, know, you can either be a pilgrim or you can be a settler. And I choose to be a, a, a pilgrim. I'm going someplace. I want to go up someplace. I got saved almost 42 years ago, and I, I it just seemed to me that we're, we're you know, it's, I've been going someplace ever since. There have been times when I've been tempted to settle and probably have settled in my mind and got stuck 
But generally speaking, what we're supposed to do is we're pilgrims. We're on our way someplace. Now turn to Psalm 84. In verse 5, notice Psalm 84, 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on, I don't know what version you have, but what does it say? On pilgrimage. So you got, it's, you set your heart there. You put your, your, your heart into, uh, you know, being, uh, a pilgrim. Psalm 84, then, we're gonna read it in a moment. It's not one of the 120 through 134, obviously, but it embodies the, the reality of a, of a pilgrimage based on, uh, verse five, where we set our hearts on pilgrimage. And I, so I think, you know, our pilgrimage, it, it starts at getting born again. It starts at getting hooked up with Jesus, to, to know Jesus personally. And then we're on a pilgrimage until we get to the new Jerusalem, you know, heaven. We're supposed to be going someplace. Somebody nod your head. I need some movement here. Yeah? Okay, good. Amens are, are very welcome. Uh, stand up and shout hallelujah if you need to. But just work with me, okay? How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. So, so how lovely is your dwelling place? My, my soul yearns for the courts. So this is a pilgrim poem. And so they're, they're saying, oh, I can't wait to get to Jerusalem. Isn't it going to be great? They're singing this song. Isn't it going to be great when we get to Jerusalem and meet with God and all the, the nations and all the people that are come up to worship, you know, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord in another psalm. So he's, he's talking about going there. But even a sparrow has a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your what? Your altar. That's where the... In Jerusalem is where the altar is, and that's our home. Our, our home is in heaven, right? Our, this is, we're passing through here, and our home is in heaven. So we're, he's kind of picturing this, this, the goal right now, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Verse 4, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. So those who get to stay there all the time, wow, how cool is that? Those people that get to live in Jerusalem and and to serve as priests in the house of God. Wow, how awesome is that? Verse 5, also blessed are those, I put the also in there, by the way, but just, you know, parenthetically also, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. So blessed are those who are there, and blessed are those who are on their way there. Okay, pilgrim poem. As they pass through, say pass through, Pass through. They got to, so now, so the goal is to get there, but the goal is there, but we, we're not there, we're here. It hasn't all been said and done. So uh, we, we're passing through. To get through, you know, if you've been to the Middle East, it's, you know, it's deserty and, and dangerous and hot and dry, and a lot of it is going from Galilee to Jerusalem, and then you got to go uphill, or if you came from the south at the Dead Sea, that's quite a climb from 1,300 feet below sea level to 2,500 feet above, and and it's just, it's a trek, it's a trek, and they didn't, you know, have, you know, buses and trains, and, and uh, they were on foot and donkeys and stuff. As they passed through 
the valley of Baca. Let me just tell you, Baca means weeping. Okay, so let's just work with weeping. You got in our, on your way to the, the place, uh, the, the goal, there's a lot of weeping involved. You got to pass through the valley of weeping. You don't get to, I mean, most people don't. I, I, I've done my share of weeping. You probably have too. If you haven't, you will. I mean, I'm just saying. Isn't that great news, you know? You start with the praise reports, I noticed. That's, you know, that's to at least give us some hope. You know, that God does still breathe and is alive and is well. God's not dead, amen? amen. He's alive and well, and he's not even sick. He's not even sick. But, so they pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping. This is so amazing. They make it a place of springs. We're going to go back to that. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They make it a place of springs. Autumn rains cover it with pools, springs and pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. In other words, we need strength at this step and we need strength at this step and we need different strength for this step till everyone gets there. Uh, we're all, each of us are on, our, our, on a journey. We're together, but we all have our own deal. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand else. We sing songs about this, don't we? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. You know, better is, it's just going to be so great when we get there and it's going to be better than, than anything else. A thousand days everywhere else. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is everyone who trusts in you. So, we're, you know, we're going someplace. Pilgrims go someplace. They're not settlers who have just, they got saved and now they're settled and waiting, you know, for heaven to come down. I'm not waiting for heaven to come down. I'm, I'm marching there. I'm going someplace. In verse 4 and 5, what are the common terms there? There's a, a word in verse 4 that's also in verse 5. Blessed. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed are those who walk, in, dwell in your house, and blessed are those who strengthen you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. In other words, you're blessed are the people that are in heaven already, they've arrived, and blessed are the people that are on their way to heaven. They haven't arrived, we haven't arrived, but we're, we're marching there, we're going someplace, we're making progress in the king. See, the kingdom of God in its final form is, is what it is, but we're experiencing it in its it kind of piecemeal. I mean, it's all, the king is ours, but he's kind of doling out you know, pieces of revelation. And we're passing through valleys of Baca on the way, but there's a, there's a blessedness about here before we get there. A lot of people say, well, I just can't wait to get to heaven, and I can't wait to get to heaven. But there's blessing right here. And in verse 6, he says, as they pass through this valley of Baca, this, this valley of weeping, God makes it a place of springs. Is that what it says? They make it a place of springs. Let's read it again. They make it a place of springs. It doesn't say God does. 
Now, God is God, and he gives us grace for everything we do. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. But it isn't that God, it doesn't say God makes it a place of springs. They're going through this, this desert, this dry, dismal, dangerous desert, and they make it a place of springs. I mean, does it mean that they change the topography? They, they, they make this place verdant? Or is there something else about springs that he's, he's talking about? You know, you have to go through Baca to get where we're going, and Baca isn't pleasant. But it says that they make it a place of springs. And it refreshes them. That's right. But it isn't God that does it. It's we do it. Let me show you how we do it. Let me tell you how we do it. I can't change the landscape. I can't make the desolate into verdant. And Bacchus will always be Bacchus. But there's something about springs that I have, I'm in charge of in my own life. Sometimes it's an attitude of gratitude. I woke up this morning a little melancholy. I think I dream, I have a lot of dreams, weird dreams. Uh, but a lot of times I just wake up bummed out. Do you sometimes just wake up? And I assumed that I was dreaming something funky, something depressing. And I just stood by my window this morning and I just started, I mean, I wasn't even planning to do this. This wasn't a method. This isn't a formula. I just stood by my window looking out at, uh, at Dolores Park in, in San Francisco and I just started thinking about all the great things God does in my life. I, I mean, I just started, and you know, verbalizing those things. You know what I was doing? I was making my baca, my little piece of baca there. My, my valley of weeping into a place of springs. I, had, I was in charge of this. God empowered it then, but I had to do something. I had a job. God won't do your job. You can't do his, but you got to do yours in his power. Amen? Otherwise, we get stuck in Baca. A lot of folks, I mean, it's like being stuck in Lodi. It's bad. Don't be stuck in Baca. But the enemy wants to get you stuck in Baca, Yeah? Get, and a lot of people, they, they live in Baca. They don't ever make the pilgrimage all the way. They stop there. They figure, well, this is what it is. And they just weep through the rest of their lives, and they never get out of Baca. But it says they make it a place of springs. I have a friend named Kenai. Kenai uh, is a, uh, was uh, three, four months ago, homeless alcoholic addict. Uh, living in Golden Gate Park, just getting high and getting drunk and, and hanging out in Golden Gate Park for many years. And uh, he totally got saved recently. I mean, radical conversion saved. And me and my friends had very little to do with it. He was sitting in Golden Gate Park and Jesus spoke to him about forgiveness. And, you know, you should forgive that guy that he was tripping on. And he said, you should forgive him because I forgive you. I died for you. I mean, I don't know that he heard the audible voice of God, but he heard the voice of God. And I know this to be true because he immediately began to change. Hungered, he read the whole New Testament like, you know, a month and started, stuff just started dropping off of his life. One of the things he decided after a couple of months was that he needed to go back to Texas to go to prison because he had skipped out on a situation in pro, uh, when he was on probation and he owed them at least another year. So he 
got on a bus. We had to pay his bus ticket to go back to, to Texas, to Amarillo, to, to go to prison. He gets there, and he's two blocks away from the sheriff's office, and there's a train parked across the, the road that he was, uh, had to get there. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he got impatient. So then he got up on, he decided to climb over, you know, not the car, but in between. And the, the train jerked right when he got up on top of the coupling, and it caught his foot and turned it to liquid. His foot just was mashed in the coupling between two cars. And it drug him for 300 yards. People were running after the train, seeing this happen, and, and telling the conductor to stop. He finally stopped, and Kenai pulled his foot out and uh, for what was left of it and was laying there in the, in the rocks. He said, you got to go get my Bible. The first thing they, they were going to uh, put him in, a, in an ambulance. He said, I'm not leaving here until you, my Bible is back there. So they got him his Bible. He goes to, to, uh, to the hospital, and as soon as he comes to, he calls the sheriff's office, and he says, I'm here to turn myself in, but I think you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. And uh, you, do you have an infirmary there? That, yeah, okay, good, because I'll need it. They amputated his foot, the rest of his foot, up, to, up past his ankle. Three or four days later, he uh, called the sheriff's office again, said, I'm ready to come. Do you have, a, you have a hospital for me? I'm sure. They said, we have no record of you. He thought, well, drugs, you know, maybe th- threw my mind off. So he had the doctor call. The doctor called. The surgeon called. I have uh, Don Case here. Kenai is his street name. And he's here, and uh, I understand that he has some. No, he's not in our system. So then they had the social worker call, because, you know, let's not, let's not mess this up, you know. And uh, same thing. The, the pastor from the church by the park in the city called. Toby Kurth called. And they said, you know what? If one more person calls about this guy, somebody's going to jail. So they're tired of hearing from these guys. Got on a bus, another three-day journey with no foot now. And he's living with some of my friends in the mission now. And he, it, here, I'm quoting him when I say, you know, this is a great blessing. He's got no foot. He's 43 years old. He has to walk with a walker. We got him a wheelchair the other day, but... He, you know, can you imagine how agonizing? So he says, but this is a blessing. I just thank God. First of all, I didn't have to go to prison. Second of all, I, he got to share the Lord with a bunch of people in, his, in, uh, in the hospital. And uh, he's so excited about, you know, his future. I mean, he's got to get a prosthetic eventually. And he's, you know, he's in pain. He's, he's dealing. But he actually is making, I, I've ne- I mean, it's, it's supernatural. I, you say, well, he's probably in shock. and Okay, maybe, maybe. Well, he'll grieve. You know, there's five stages. You got to go through all. Well, maybe. I'm just saying, whatever is the future right now, he's excited about serving God in his present situation. He didn't get stuck in Baca. And he's, he made it a place of springs. Verse six again. I want you to see, there's two references to water in verse 6. What are they? What are the two words that, are, that describe uh, water? Springs and pools. Springs and pools. They make it a place of springs. Springs, you know, well up from the inside like an artesian well. It just comes up. And this is, 
you know, where we connect with God in such a way and we give him access to our inner man and it springs up like Kenai is just, he's got this, it's something sprung up inside him where he just went, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on. Let's go. Let's go. And he's already making jokes about being a one-legged guy and everything. It's pretty funny. Uh, it's sort of funny. And so, but springs are, are something on the inside that you can't see until it wells up. Do you have that? You have God in you? Because it, do you? Because if you do, it's, it, 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 he'll spring up if you let him. Little girl said, mommy isn't, doesn't God live inside us? Yes. Isn't God bigger than us? Yes. Well, wouldn't he show through then? Yeah, if he's inside and he's bigger, he should show through. Springs up, springs, but pools, pools. Pools are different. He says, the autumn rains cover it with pools. That's for other people to drink. You get refreshed by the spring in the middle of your baka, but as you do and express that, people come and drink from that pool. God will rain on that pool, and they'll be refreshed by watching you deal with your suffering. If you're one of those, oh, whoa, it's me, Christians, I don't know that ever pools ever help anybody else. You'll get to heaven. I wonder if we might have some regrets about how we invested our lives. I think we might, at least for a while. Regretting having, oh man, I wasted 30 years whining about Baca. Let's not do that, amen. But springs come, then pools. It starts with this attitude adjustment. Man, we need an attitude adjustment. You say that to your children all the time. I know you do. You know, change the attitude, change the attitude. This water isn't only for me to drink and be refreshed by. It's also for other people to drink and be refreshed by. Now, let's turn from poet to Paul. Turn to Acts 16. I just want to give you a New Testament example, and then we'll be done. This is where Paul and Silas get a call from the Macedonian man, come over and help us. They get in the fastest thing, smoking to, to Macedonia. They end up to in Philippi, this town, and they're preaching the gospel, and, and things are going good until they cast a demon out of a girl that's, you know, making money for everybody on the stock market, predicting it with demon, you know, predictive ability. And so they get really ticked off at Paul and Silas, and they beat them up, and they throw them in jail for messing up the economy of Philippi. It says they ordered them to be stripped, verse uh, 22, stripped and beaten, and after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. He put them in the inner cell. Does this sound like a baka or what? So they're pilgrims on their way someplace, and the first thing that happens is they get beat up and thrown in jail. He put them in the inner cell, fastened their feet in the stocks, and about midnight, Paul and Silas whined for the rest of the night, and the next day, and the next. Oh, get the prayer chains going. We need to get out of here. Is that what it says right there? It says they were praying and singing hymns to God. That would not be my first reaction. My first thought. Especially if I'm traveling with Paul and he's the one that got the vision of the Macedonian man. I'm thinking, vision, yeah, right. Pizza is what that is. 
That's not a vision. That's, that's something that you've got an upset stomach in the middle of the night. Singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake and, you know, all the doors uh, opened. The jailer comes in, says he's going to kill himself. He says, no, stop. He leads him to the Lord. Mrs. Jailer and all the little jailer kids got saved. So great situation. What a great story that is. Stripped, beaten, severely flogged, inner cell, feet in stocks. That's a baka. That's, that's two pilgrims on their way, and it's a, it's a valley of weeping. But they prayed and they sang hymns to God. They made their cell, that jail cell, a place of springs. And pools. We'll see what happens here with pools. I'm not very formulaic about these kind of things where this isn't their get out of jail free card. You know, you worship God, you thank God, you say this formula, and God is going to change your circumstances. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's just not the way God is, not what the Bible teaches. They weren't worshiping God for to get something from God. Do this and God will do that. I'm not, that's not what happened here. They had an attitude of gratitude in the middle of their circumstances. They thought it was going to be something different, and it's not. It's this, and they just said, well, God be praised. They might have sang the songs of ascent, for all I know. On the route down, say, from Galilee to Jerusalem, you pick people up on the way. So you're, you're coming from further away. So, so while you do, and then here comes this family member. Here comes this friend. Oh, I haven't seen you since the last, you know, pilgrimage. And they gather on the way up to Jerusalem. And so something else happens here. It says, who was listening? Who was listening? They were singing. Who was listening? It says right there, the other prisoners were listening. Because Paul and Silas weren't the only ones in this valley of weeping. And you weren't in yours either. Have, have you noticed that there are other suffering people in the world? Probably, well, I know they're suffering more than you and I, because we're able to put clothes on and sit in these chairs and be here. Some people don't have that capability. So I'm saying other prisoners were listening. They made it a place of springs, Paul and Silas did for themselves, and a place of pools for other people to drink. Somebody else was watching them deal with suffering, like I'm watching Kenai. I'm going, dude, that's awesome. Wow, man, I want to be like you when I grow up. Because he's dealing with it. He had an attitude of gratitude, and that helps ourselves and people around us. How we deal with our baka has everything to do with our influence in the world. There's somebody else in the story, though. So you got Paul. Who's it? Who else is there? Who else is there in that story in, in Acts 16? The jailer. You got other prisoners. You got Paul. You got Silas. They're singing. There's other prisoners. They listen. They're being touched by it. They're, they get freed up by Paul and Silas's action. So the way that we deal frees other people up. But there's somebody else in this story, and it's the jailer. I, have you ever been, have you ever been in jail? How many of you have been in, uh, okay, you don't have to admit it. But I've been in jails. Several jails, thank God, uh, on the outside of the bars, really very nasty places. And I've always, you know who I felt sorry for is jailers. 
Do you know a jailer? I just think that is the worst, that's the crummiest job on the planet because they have to go to jail every day to go to work. Sure, he gets to come home, but he works in a jail, man. A jail is a nasty place. And, and the jailer, a jailer is in jail for the sins of other people. The thieves and the murderers did the crime, and the jailer, along with them, does the time. They have to go to jail. I don't have words to describe how, how awful people can be and how awful this world can be and how even righteous people like you are affected by the unrighteousness of other people. You're like the jailer who has to go to jail, live in a corrupt world. They distort the world, and we do too, so let's not you know, blame it all on them because we're, they distort the world, and we have to live in a distorted world. And if you've ever known a jailer, they can be the most self-righteous, the, the, the whiniest. Jailers can be very jaded because they, they see all these bad people and they have to go to this bad place every day. So can Christians who live in a world that's been distorted by other people and we can just go, what a terrible world, and complain and complain and complain about how bad the world is. Just like a jailer. But notice what happens to this jailer. He gets saved because Paul and Silas made it a place of springs and even the jailer and his family ate, drank from the pools. Does that, does that make sense, what I'm saying? I mean, that's what's at stake here. When you're thinking about dealing with your pilgrimage, what's at stake is not just your life, but somebody that's watching you. Trust me, somebody is. It, it's not just how you feel, but it's how you deal with how you feel and how you affect other people. Somebody needs to hear your songs in the night, needs to hear you singing hymns. Put on, no. Fake, no. Formulaic, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an attitude, a spirit of gratitude. You know, I, I don't think that your need can ever be, whatever your need is, I don't, it's not if you're a Christian. Your need will never be as big as the need of a totally lost person. I mean, their need is so, so much bigger and if not for yourself, for the sake of others, you're obligated to make your baka into a place of springs and pools so that others can drink. Verses 4 and 5, what is the common word in those two verses? Blessed. Where, where's the next time that word is used? Last verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in you. We're all going through stuff, Lord, but help us out to go through our stuff in a more Jesus-like way, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.